Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Employee to Boss podcast. I'm your host, Haley Hayhurst. Today I have an episode with Sasha, the owner of Anisio Creative Agency. In this episode, we talk all about how she started her online business and how she helps her clients bridge the gap between strategy and design. So Sasha is a brand strategist and web designer, and she helps brands confidently unlock their business potential with brand strategy, design, and creative direction. So a lot of new entrepreneurs, this is what you need to hear all about, you know, building that brand that will last a long time. One thing that we talk about in this episode that stood out to me is how when a lot of brands start with their branding and graphics and things like that, it's off of personal preference, which if you're new and you don't have a coach or someone helping you with all of this, that makes sense. You're going to do what you like. But Sasha helps businesses create a brand legacy. So something that will last you years and decades to come, something that will stay constant and be attracting the right people to you for years to come. And so if you're interested in learning more about how to create a brand legacy, this episode is definitely for you. This episode is full of interesting and actionable tips about branding and how you can elevate what you already have and just really solidify it so when people come across your website or your Instagram or social media, they will immediately know who you are, what you do, and how you can help them. So let's get right into this episode with Sasha from Anisio Creative Agency. Hey, Sasha. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on the Employee to Boss podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. So if you want to start off by telling us about yourself and your business, the audience would love to learn more about you. Sure. So I'm a brand strategist and creative director. I have a creative agency and it's called Anisio Creative Agency. And I work with entrepreneurs and specifically creative entrepreneurs to help them kind of take their long-term vision, their big ideas, and turn them into tangible results through brand strategy and branding and web design and all the things that go into it. That's awesome. I have a lot of new entrepreneurs who come to me, just, you know, they find me through this podcast and they're like, what do I actually need to start? And I remember when I started my business, I, you know, built my website, started my Instagram and it was during the pandemic. So I had more time, but mm-hmm. you know, now when someone wants to start their business, it's a little more go, 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 right? Yeah. There's not as much time. So really like, how did you start your business? Let's start with that. And then we'll talk about like sure. actual steps for others. Sure. So my journey has been kind of crazy in terms of just how I got here. To give you the short version, I started working in corporate. I was working as a retail store designer and also developing retail programs for different stores across the United States. And I was doing a lot of visual merchandising, a lot of working with different retailers in their product placement and also their what type of products they were bringing into their stores. And I got massively burnt out because, you know, all of those installs and whatnot happen after hours, right? So at that time, I segued into freelance marketing and freelance brand strategy. And then I actually got fired while I was in delivery with my child. So that was a, a, a nice event. Oh uh, and wow. so- Just to add <laughs> to the stress of childbirth. 
right? So then at that point, I was married. Now I'm divorced. But at that point, I was like, you know what? We're just going to do this stay-at-home mom situation. We'll figure it out. And I was still doing freelance. I was building up my own business at that time, not really knowing that I was building up what I have now, but just, you know, I needed some money coming in. And long story short, during the pandemic, like everyone else, I was like, you know what? I'm recently divorced. I have a child who's dependent on me. Let's just utilize this time and see what can happen. I just, you know, started going with brand strategy with web design and just really attacking social media like we all do. And I think, you know, one of the biggest actionable items that I could say say off of that would be the thing that's missing so much with new entrepreneurs is doing the foundational work of, you know, having that business plan. And that business plan then leads into every other strategy you create for yourself. And I was adamant on making sure I did that while I did have the time, right? So I could build something that was going to have some longevity attached to it. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And, you know, for kind of the background of your visual merchandising background, (laughs) what did that look like? Visual merchandising, yes. (laughs) So I had gone to school for it. I was actually trying to have a career as a professional dancer. It was something that I was working towards my whole life. And I got injured while I was in high school. And those injuries were to the point where dance was completely off the table at that point. So I went to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in Los Angeles. And actually, they had come to my high school and they were doing a like lecture presentation of the school during my least favorite class. And I was like, you know what? I want to get out of this class. At that point, I don't know if you remember, Lauren Conrad was going to fit him and it was all over the hills. So I'm like, ooh, I want to see what this is about just for the sake of it. I actually fell in love with the school. I applied and got in. And so... My degree was a lot of marketing, but on a visual and retail standpoint. So it was a lot of, you know, merchandising product, product placement, which really leads itself into social media. You know, it's how are you presenting your product or your offer in a way that people are more driven to buy it. So I took a lot of my experience in the real world, 3D world, and took that into the digital world. But my background definitely started in college. And at that point, I was just really taking on any opportunity, whether it was free, paid, whatever, as long as I was getting experience, I was going for it. That's awesome. And that really is, you know, the best way to do it in college. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing. I swear to God, I did like six internships. Some yes. were paid, some were, and they were all different. And so totally. And looking at your website, like the visual part of it is just incredible. Like it's mm-hmm. so aesthetically pleasing. You can tell you work with like high-end brands, like you are a high-end brand just from the colors you use and all of that. So, you know, I tell podcasters, because that's who I work with, that they need to create a brand kit before, like when they're starting their podcast, like pick out your colors, your fonts, and branding is not my specialty, but it is yours. So for (laughs) anyone who is trying to create that brand kit, what are like some fundamental pieces that you would recommend? Sure. Oftentimes what I see with brands, whether you're just starting out or you're just dabbling and not even knowing that you're building a brand subconsciously, a lot of those decisions are based off of personal likes and dislikes. And where I think the disconnect comes in is that a lot of brands then have a really hard time and are constantly switching things up all the time because they're realizing that the colors or fonts or imagery is actually not drawing in the audience that they want to be drawing in, right? Because the decisions were based off personal preference. So when you're building out your brand kit, 
first of all, consistency has to remain the same. You can't be changing it up every, you know, month or two because you get bored of it because you chose off of personal preference. But at the same time, you have to make sure that you're making decisions based off of who you're trying to attract. So for your podcast, for instance, I'm sure you're picking colors and fonts and graphics that lean towards the newer entrepreneurs, right? You're not going in a super luxe vibe where you're going to be kind of blocking them from wanting to be a part of your community. So choosing those colors really comes down to psychology and you can Google it too. You know, you can Google color psychology and kind of see, you know, red is a very alarming color and it's very aggressive. So if you're not a very action oriented podcast or you're not, you know, Tony Robbins, where you're asking people to, you know, walk on fire, then maybe red wouldn't be, you know, the right choice. So definitely play into psychology but also play into the audience you're trying to attract and making sure that whatever you choose today, you can commit to long-term. It's kind of like getting into a relationship. If you don't feel like it's marriage potential, then don't do it. (laughs) That's such great advice. I love that so much. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Because I see podcasters, like whenever I'm on a podcast, if they send me back a graphic that's like purple and vibrant and like alarming, as you said, Mm -hmm it doesn't match my brand or more most brands. So it's kind of hard to promote. So that's definitely also, you know, what you're talking about, make sure it has that longevity. I love that. So, you know, I use Canva mostly. Is that what you recommend for most entrepreneurs to start off with? Absolutely. And I mean, coming from someone who, you know, was trained on Adobe product suite, I mean, I'm not gonna, there's nothing bad about Canva. And I think Canva is really getting they just had their their convention. They're mm-hmm. really introducing a lot of tools that you would find on Illustrator and Photoshop. So like they're gunning for Adobe, which I think is amazing. So there's there's such like a a bad taste on on social media, like, oh, if you use Canva, you know, like <laughs> right. shame on you. No, it's freaking amazing. But yeah, I mean, you use whatever you can use. And I think that's kind of like the mentality that's been lost is like, bootstrapping is okay. Like you have to bootstrap in the beginning and whatever you have to do to make it work, just do it. Don't get so caught up in like, is this the right choice? You know? Yeah. You have to start somewhere. And Mm -hmm. you know, if it's literally a photo of yourself and that's all you have, like maybe that's where you have to start and then start slowly, you know, build it out. Like you know, you have beautiful brand photos. And one of the first things I invested in was a brand photo shoot. But sometimes like a selfie is going to have to do in the beginning. (laughs) And there's so many ways to hack it. You know, you can get a white bed sheet, you can tack it to the wall, you can get a, a tripod, put on portrait mode, have some good lighting and bam, you have a great photo. You know, there's so many ways to hack the system. Yeah, totally. That's that's a great point. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money to look professional. Exactly. So branding is one part of your business, but strategy is the other part. And, mm-hmm. you know, once you have all that brand in mind, kind of the strategy is the next the next part. So how do entrepreneurs like start with their strategy and what does strategy like really sure. mean to you for business owners? Sure. So brand strategy is my favorite part. So people always ask, you know, like, what's the process? Like, what are the steps to take? And so I always say your first step is your business plan, or at least have a really good idea of what, where you're trying to start and where you're trying to go. Next step is brand strategy. And within that strategy, you are taking data and insights from your industry to then create your brand identity and how it looks visually. So for brand strategy, I work with a super varied amount of industries, whether it's healthcare to, you know, artists, whatever the case may be. But a lot of it comes down to 
how are we finding a gap in your industry and how are we then inserting you into that gap through authenticity and alignment where then you can claim some space in your industry without getting lost in the constant noise that's social media and digital entrepreneurship. Yeah, because, you know, at this point in entrepreneurship, there is so many different people in the same industries. And so you really do have to find what makes you stand out. Yes. Is that something that you help your clients with, like really finding that niche in their industry? Yes. And a lot of my clients, honestly, I'm kind of like the anti-niche girl where like for myself specifically, I really don't claim a niche. Like I claim my industry and I claim my skill sets, but I don't claim who I work with just because it is so varied. Most of my clients are kind of the same way. They have a really good scope in their industry, but they don't eliminate, you know, they're just mompreneurs and they only work with mompreneurs, you know? So um, when I do work with them, it's really just trying to pinpoint where are you currently? What are the current problems that you're facing? What's the objective and like, what are the goals you're trying to reach? Whether that's scaling your income, whether that's getting more visibility, whether that's tapping into PR and then giving them the action plan to reach those steps, but through research and data. So if they're trying to get more visibility, sure, you could do all the different things, you know, but whether it's a podcast or IG Live or collaboration, but what's going to be the most beneficial towards that brand goal? You know, if you're trying to scale your income, we want to get you in front of more warm audiences, which is typically podcast listeners. They want the information, they want solutions versus you know, a free article write-up that's more so for leisure purposes or inspirational purposes. Yeah, totally. And you're really creating like you your identity on online, right? Because exactly. So I will never forget when I first Googled myself when I first started my business, like my high school track records would show up. <laughs> It'd be like my website and then like how fast I would run in high school. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like this needs to go. And you know, now it would be hard to find. Like I've right. done so much online, but I will never forget when I was like, no one needs to see this when they Google me. So really, that's amazing though. Yeah. So really that's like what you're trying to do, especially when you start that brand is like when someone looks up your name, your business comes up. Yes. Yeah. And what I think a lot of people don't understand is that your brand is what people perceive you as. So It's kind of like, you know, we have all these, we look at celebrities, right? And we immediately, once we think of a celebrity, we think of the reputation. Like what's our perception of these celebrities? And the same thing goes for brand, like how you present yourself and how you show up, even just from the type of content you produce is really setting the tone of how people view you. And then if they feel comfortable investing in you or learning more about you or not. Do you want to start growing your business rapidly in a really fun way? Do you want to increase your visibility and profits? I have just the thing for you. My course, Great Guesting, How to Grow Your Business Through Being a Podcast Guest is now available and it's guaranteed to get you on podcasts. Do you want to connect with more clients, share your story, make stronger connections, and grow your audience? But do you find that you're second guessing yourself, are indecisive on a topic because you're into so many things? and thinking, is this even possible? You'll love this step-by-step guide on how to be a podcast guest. We go over six lessons that are knowing your story, narrowing down the topic, finding podcasts to be on, setting up your audio, preparing to record, and of course, marketing, because that's what I'm all about. Being a guest can be fun, but if you don't have a plan to go with it, you're really just spending the hour 
talking. You're not moving your business forward. And that's exactly what this course is designed to teach you. You can find this course on my website at Espresso Podcast Production. And I guarantee you that you will be a guest on podcasts in no time. Exactly. And that's why the branding piece is so important because, if yes. you know, you have a coaching package for $10,000 and your social media presence is like not matching that value. It's going to be really hard for someone to like see you as that professional, even if you are, even if you exactly. have all of that experience, it's right. going to be so hard for someone to be like, yeah, she looks like she has her shit together. <laughs> like when you just exactly. Know- and it's, it's the trust factor. And I think especially with where we are now and like our times as a, just like an economy with the recession and inflation, like investing in someone is really risky now. It's really risky because everything is so expensive. And so it's really a matter of what's the return on investment. And what I find oftentimes is that everyone's so focused on branding the external where it's, you know, like, what do they look like from the outside? What's the messaging from the outside? Everything's from the outside to attract But once clients come into their brand, which we call like their brand ecosystem, the client experience is trash. The clients aren't happy. They don't deliver what they're putting out, which really does a lot of disservice to A, them, but B, the industry that they're in. Because now people have a bad taste of, I had a really bad experience in this type of industry. I'm not sure if I would ever invest in that again. Yeah. Can you tell us more about the ecosystem once they're actually in it? Yeah. So your brand ecosystem or brand touch points is every touch point, if you will, that a client will face with you. So that comes from any sort of email that comes from your onboarding process, your offboarding, how they can get in contact with you. What's the process of connection with you? Is it just emails? Are you in like a Slack channel or Voxer or what type of you know platform are you on? But then how do they get their needs met? So it's kind of like, a pet, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, how are they being nurtured and cared for once they're inside your container, whatever that is, whether it's an offer, a product, a service, and what's the client experience and the customer service like? And that's kind of what your brand ecosystem is, is once someone comes into your world, how are they treated and cared for? And why would they want to come back and be with you or interact with you? That makes a lot of sense. So like sending emails that say like sent from iPhone probably isn't the experience that you want your customers to experience, right? Or the abbreviations or like, you know, just having that sense of professionalism. And I think a lot of times since we are able to build these businesses on social media, which were originally created just for fun, you know, I think there's kind of like this lax tone and how we need to approach brand and how we need to approach business. But once you start a business, you need to look at yourself as a CEO and as a professional. And how do you want to leave people? Because how you leave them feeling is how they then go and tell their friends and they go and tell their network and you either get referrals or you don't. And something that's been big for me is my business, which is great, but also not great. My business is like, I want to say 90% referral based, which is amazing. But at the same time, it's because I'm so involved in the brand ecosystem behind the scenes that I'm not showing up as consistently on the forefront, right? So I'm not doing that attraction marketing. And I think there's a healthy balance that needs to be established, which is what I work on with my clients of how can you nurture, but still scale? That is hard. And I also have trouble with that, especially when I hit like almost the max amount of clients I can take because I get a lot of referrals too. And I'm like, what if my marketing does too well and I have to like turn people away? (laughs) 
wait list. <laughs> right. Such a good problem to have. Yes. But, oh my gosh. It is a problem. Yes. And it's common. It's common. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So on your website, it looks like there's a couple different ways that people can work with you, right? So they can elevate their brand or turn their brand to the next level. Or, you know, you create websites too, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. How did you like learn the web design part of it? That's interesting. So I'm kind of, I think it's ADHD. Like I have this fascination with just like learning as much as I can when I'm bored. And so I can't remember why exactly I got into it. But I think a client that wanted to work with me was like, well, I need my website revised. I'm like, well, I don't know this, but let me just like quickly learn this one weekend. And this was back like maybe 15 years ago. And so I started learning web design and I fell in love with it because at that point I was just coming off designing retail spaces. And this kind of felt like I was back into that world of merchandising stores and creating storefronts, you know, their virtual storefronts. And I just fell in love with the process. And so at first I taught myself coding. I did not stick up with coding. I forgot all of it. But then, you know, obviously now there's platforms like Squarespace and Show It where you don't need to technically know it. So yeah, I just went with it and it was something that really started to build my business. That was what drove my business success from the ground up. And then I was able to start integrating in brand strategy and make it a whole kind of like, let's build out your entire brand from business plan, foundation elements to now you have your website and you're fully launched. Awesome. I love that. I do the same thing with the <laughs> learning as much as you can. <laughs> just like random things that'll help. Yes. But you know, like you said, you learned that 15 years ago and you still use that for your clients now. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it also looks like you do creative direction. So that's super important too for like photo shoots and everything exactly. like that. Because when you're in your first year of business, like every investment you make has to be worth it. So like having yeah, yeah. someone like you direct them, that's really key. Do you have any advice for like when you're creating graphics or doing photo shoots with keeping your brand in mind? Yeah. So my biggest thing is, and it's probably bad business advice, but I try to empower and help my clients get the most longevity out of every single investment they make. So while having a brand photo shoot is amazing and we see them happen so often, how can we get enough content in your first brand photo shoot that you don't have to then go and invest in a whole nother one six months to 12 months from now? So when I'm working with clients, at first, it's kind of like, all right, let's operate from where you want your brand to be. Not necessarily changing the look and feel, but like, let's show up as you want to be, you know, three or four months from now. So these will grow with you. So it's making sure you pick the right venue. I suggest the most simplistic, but still aesthetic venue possible. So don't go for these, you know, crazy loud venues because you're going to end up wanting to change them within like a couple of weeks of making Canva graphics with them. But just choosing a really nice blank canvas to work with, having some props that are different than what you're going to see from stock images. So I still pull a lot of stock imagery for my clients and for myself too, especially on my website. It's basically all stock images. When I find those, I try to go more for the feeling they evoke versus kind of like what's in it. Like you don't need to have a laptop in every photo. So knowing that in mind, because that's so much of what we see on stock image sites, don't do that in your brand photo shoot because you can get that elsewhere. So it's kind of like, what are those moments you want to capture and the feelings you want to capture through your brand photo shoot that you can't get off stock imagery? And that's you, your face. If you have a team, your team. 
And then coordinating, obviously, some colors. I like to keep it minimal. I don't like to go too crazy with colors. If you have, you know, a minimal color story in your brand and you have like one pop of color, try to keep that pop of color super minimal in your photos too. That way, if you were to ever rebrand, you still have photos to pull from. That is such great advice because I think it's so like, you know, you want photos of everything, but you're so right. Like stock photos tell the same story that you are trying to tell. So that's Mm -hmm. super great advice. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else that you think new entrepreneurs should know when going into creating their brand or their strategy? Sure. So I think the best piece of advice I could give is twofold. A, don't rush the process because it really does take time to build a brand. And I think we've gotten so used to instant gratification in every aspect of our life that we expect the same to happen with our business. And anything that builds quickly can also collapse quickly. So put in the time and effort to build that foundation of, you know, what's the purpose of your business? What's the purpose of your brand? What's your mission? And who are you really trying to target? And really lay the groundwork of how do you then attract them through A, your brand and B, your messaging and C, through your content, because content's a big part of brand strategy too. You know, it's, you have this brand now, how do you market it out? So people actually resonate with it and don't be afraid to test and trial and error um, until you find what works best for you. And I think Like I said, it takes time because you have to find the right strategy that works for you. And it's not going to come overnight. And you're going to find that making small tweaks here and there is going to benefit you in the long run. But I can't stress it enough. That business plan is what will save you. 100%. So, you know, to start wrapping up this episode, I ask all my guests this. I would love it if you could share three action steps for the audience to take today that they can start with today to move forward in their business. These could be Any three steps that are like super actionable and achievable. Okay, I love this. First step would be to go do a complete audit on your Instagram and try to take your emotion out of it or whatever platform you're on. I shouldn't just say Instagram. However, your brand is being found. Take emotion out of it and try to have a bird's eye lens and see if someone were to just come onto your profile without even scrolling down the first, you know, nine pieces of content that you see. Do you think that they would be able to get a good idea of who you are, what you do, and how you do it? If not, start rotating in different content that positions you as that authority in your industry. Second tip would be to start to look at how your brand is from a visual standpoint. Are your fonts legible? Are you using too high contrast of colors? So white on black or black on white is very high contrast. So doing like a charcoal with white or vice versa is easier on eyes. And then are your stock images images basic? And that sounds a little harsh, but are they the same type of imagery that we see with everyone else? And if the answer to that is yes, I advise you to get on Pexels or Unsplash and just scroll and start to create an image bank of images that are different, but still relay back into your color scheme. And the third action step would be to take a look at if you feel like if you're down on engagement or people aren't in your messages wanting to work with you, how can you better express verbally what you do and how can you better communicate the power that you have in your skill set to change someone's life? Those are incredible. Those maybe are like my favorite three steps that anyone has ever shared. (laughs) Those are like super actionable. And yeah, when you're honest with yourself, as a business owner, like 
it will get better for you. It will. It really will. So easy to lie to ourselves and be like, yeah, it's fine. I'm doing great. But like, you probably are doing great. You could just do a little bit like different and like. Exactly. Yeah. What small step can you take to better yourself or your business today that your future self will thank you for? Like, it sounds so cliche, but it really is like so important. It makes such a big difference. I love that. I love that. And you also have a magazine that just came out. I do. Yes. I have a magazine. It's called Detailed. We go by DTLD and it's a business marketing entrepreneurship based magazine for creatives. We do a lot of creator features. We do a lot of like actionable articles in there of just a lot of education based. My goal with this was to kind of like if Vogue and Forbes had a baby, so Vogue visually, but Forbes from like the business article standpoint had a baby, this would be it. But what I found was that, you know, you can Google any topic or you can search any topic and you're met with just like the surface level content. And you have so many questions left over that you go into this rabbit hole. And what I wanted to do was eliminate the time spent in the rabbit hole and just get the information that you need to make a difference in your business today. You know, like what can you learn today that's going to help you make an adjustment today for tomorrow? So that's kind of how the magazine came to be. And the second issue launches April 21st. And it's another great issue. And yeah, I'm really excited. That is really exciting. I'll definitely put the link in the show note. And it's visual, like online, virtual only, correct? You can order print, um, but it is digitally. So yes, it is free for now. We will change that eventually, but for now it's free resource. Awesome. And where can people find that? Is there a website for it? Yes. So it's DTLDMAG. So detailedmag.com. Awesome. Perfect. I'll put that in the show notes. And where else can people find you? And I know you said that you work with a variety of you know, different industries and everything, but it's kind of who works with you typically. People that work with me are typically online service owners or businesses. I do do some product-based businesses, but mainly online service providers. But again, it's like all over the map. And then some creatives in terms of dancers. I also work with musicians, some artists and stuff like that as well. But you can find me mainly on Instagram at Sasha Monique Creates. Um, You can find me currently on TikTok, same username. (laughs) And yeah, those are mainly the two. And then my website is anisiocreative.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such an amazing conversation. So thanks for sharing all of your knowledge and expertise. So much fun. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. All of your links will be in the show notes so people can go and connect with you. But yeah, thank you. And let's stay connected. Let's talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Employee to Boss podcast. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you implement the actionable steps from this week's experts so you can get started with your business today. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Employee to Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps more than you could ever imagine. Remember, a little progress each day leads to big results. We come out with a new episode every Tuesday. To access our show notes, transcripts, and courses, please check out EspressoPodcastProduction.com.